0: It's no secret that being a mom isn't easy and every situation, every relationship has unique characteristics that bring their own challenges and joys. Today we're excited to be with super mom, businesswoman and difference maker from Assumption, Illinois, Grace Snively. Grace, I'm so glad you're joining us today yes thank you this is exciting yes absolutely okay so we're kind of talking the subject of moms today Mm -hmm. for moms um, you are a mom let's talk a little bit about what your experience has been like as a mom
1: oh my goodness well um, the journey started a little over five years ago so my son uh, turned five in May and uh, like any mom I think when you're expecting you you have these hopes and these ideas and these dreams. And I mean, that's what makes expecting so magical, right? Like you get to sit there and you get to dream up um, who this person is going to be that you're growing. Mm. And um, my son was born and it was a challenging birth to begin. So um, I feel like, you know, we've we've had our challenges from the very beginning. He was born and um, it just, it was hard. And it's, a, it's, I think, a hard thing to explain, especially that first year of motherhood. I loved every second of it, um, but there were so many things that I thought, this just shouldn't maybe mm. be so hard. Um, other people get to eventually sleep. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. Other people get to hear their baby babble. Um, there were all these things that just weren't happening. And um, I think that's when the journey for me started where I started recognizing maybe something was different. Maybe things weren't playing out the way I had anticipated. And um, I think for a lot of mothers, that conversation starts internally first. Mm. And you really have to kind of work through that before you even maybe open up to a spouse or a friend. Um, And that's where it started with me and then has just continued to unfold. And here we are, you know, five years
0: later. So, at what point did you decide, okay, I have this internal dialogue of these things I'm noticing, and I could imagine that it's like, I don't want to verbalize these things because I don't want them to be my reality, it's Mm -hmm. like speaking them into life, Um, but at what point did you decide, okay, I need to verbalize this?
1: Yeah. So. I think I started verbalizing things to my husband as early as six months, mm-hmm. and I think the narrative so often, and not that it's wrong, but the narrative so often is, oh, so and so's baby did that, or so and so experiences that, and I think I think for the people who say that to you, they're doing it in a place of love because they want you to know you're not alone. Yeah. Um, but as a mother, I just knew something was going on. And I just wanted someone to acknowledge that, yeah, maybe things are a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, the big like pillar for us was when he was um, just shy of two years old, we had gone on a family vacation with my parents, my siblings, you can imagine all of yes. us in a house. Oh. And, um, and it was a lot. And we, we came to later um, find out that our son has severe sensory um, processing difficulties. So just noise, um, food textures. I mean, it, anything sensory related is really challenging for him. So you can imagine being in yeah. a house with multiple people was a lot for him as you know, an almost two year old. And um, we were driving away from vacation and <laughs> we were going we were going, oh my goodness, I, I, I can't get emotional right now. Um, we were okay. going over, you know, the bridge to leave the island and um, looking at the water. And I just started crying. And I cried because vacation was not enjoyable. Mm. It just was hard the entire time. And I thought, something is going on here. Like there should be moments of joy and there should be moments where I'm looking at my two-year-old and you know, he's having fun, and he was just overwhelmed, and um, there were so many challenges. And so it was on the way home from that trip that I called our doctor, and I said, here's what's going on, here's what's seeing. I really want to talk to somebody, and um, I I really want to lay everything out on the table that I'm observing and um, go from there. And so that was, that was a big moment for our family. Um, and I think, as always, I was... I was kind of the first to acknowledge these different things that we were seeing and search out answers, um, but somebody has to be the first, yeah. and and I think often it is the mother. Like there's an intuition there. Mm. Um, there's a different there's a different presence you see with your child of when they are struggling and when they need that extra assistance and. Um, I would say that is when kind of the journey of just learning and diving in how, how to support him really started. So,
0: And once you were able to pinpoint, okay, at least we know or have an idea of what this is, mm-hmm. um, and maybe starting that process of learning what this looks like for us and our family, how did you feel once there was like kind of a more specific answer to it, that something almost validated that mm-hmm. intuition and those thoughts that you started having earlier on um, how did you feel once you actually got a name to it?
1: Yeah, so almost a full year after that moment, we had the official um, doctor's appointment where we got the first um, diagnosis or the first wording, right, to like, to label what we were seeing. And um, there's always a lot of tears with this, right? Yeah, I mean, I course. think navigating anything in motherhood brings up a lot of tears, but this this just has its own separate um, section. but. Um, I remember just sitting in the parking lot after the appointment and just crying because um, there's such a there's such a, there's such a sense of um, feeling everything at once. There was relief that I had a professional acknowledging what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was sadness that that yeah. there was a real thing here. Um, there was grief because. Here are, um, here are the things I expected in motherhood, mm. and um, this isn't something he's going to grow out of, or we're gonna be able to pivot and go another direction. Um, and, then, and then as I've walked through this journey in the moments of maybe relief and sadness and grief, um, I, I feel like I've had these moments of joy that maybe others don't get to experience as well because you watch um, these hurdles that we were experiencing when he was just two years old and you watch how we've learned how to adapt and how we've conquered them and how we've um, accommodated. Mm. And you know, that simple act of just learning and implementing and accommodating what that can do for a child. Um, And it's these pieces of like joy where I get to see him you know, dancing or get to see him coloring or doing things that he wasn't doing just a couple of years ago because of um, just the overwhelm of everyday life.
0: Yeah, what has it looked like from having kind of, as you said, the label mm-hmm. um, on this diagnosis to where you are now? What has have those couple years looked like for your family, learning those accommodations, learning what's worked? Because I'm sure there, that's an up and down journey. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Figuring that out. Um, you know, I think I've, um, I've given myself a lot of grace mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> to, um, to not always get it right mm-hmm. and to, to lean in and learn, and then also step back and take a break from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the first person to tell you, I have, I feel like I have read every book out there, <laughs> you know, every piece of information I could gather, I, I have scooped it up. But then there are also times where I've had to just step back and um, just let him be that wonderful person, you know, that we created. And um, we tell him all the time that, like, he just has the coolest brain ever hmm. <laughs> and to build that confidence in him. Um, and so I, the journey, it, it's windy, um, it's stop and go, it's pivoting, it's... There's mountain moments. There's valley moments. I think um, I'm just, I'm not sure it's anything you can even fully describe unless you've been there and you've, you've gone through it.
0: Yeah. I've heard it said once that like the greatest grief we experience is the million little funerals of what we thought things would be. Mm -hmm. So it's like taking all our dreams in, in anticipation of the expecting season mm-hmm. of being a mother and even maybe early on of who this um, person will become and then all of a sudden all your expectations are up against your reality that you're living in. Yeah, And that is kind of that grief that you were mm-hmm. mentioning of how you learn to process, hey this is my reality and it's different from what I thought it would be mm-hmm. but still finding joy in the yeah. midst of all that is pretty yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, what has this how has this pivoted your purpose? Um, because I'd imagine mm-hmm. that it would totally shift your focus from maybe like, okay, I hope maybe to ease back into a job or a career yeah. or, yeah. Um, you know, still be involved in different things. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is a more all consuming situation, at least to start and refiguring out what life looks like for you personally mm-hmm. um, and caring for yourself still while still having your child.
1: Oh my gosh, I, I feel like I have. Where to begin? Yeah, this is the big thing. Um, I have always been a career person. I've been very driven. Um, So that has been a process in itself of not only acknowledging that maybe maybe what my career looked like, um, even the goals that I had for my own personal business, maybe that looks different, but then doing the personal work of figuring out. Why was that driving me? Mm -hmm. And um, what was motivating me to be bigger and better in this area? And um, I've gone through just a lot of personal growth of acknowledging and um, accepting that being content, even with like a business goal, is okay. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm a big seasons person, like I feel like this is, this is the season of life that i'm in so not saying that in 20 years i'm not you know moving full steam ahead at some business career move Mm -hmm. um but i've taken the time i think to be okay with slowing down and um, finding a place of contentment and joy that allows me to do both um i've obviously done it within, you know, motherhood, like you said, mm-hmm. of just reevaluating what that even looks like for us. Where can we find the moments of joy? Where, where can we find the moments of um, making this thing not so hard? Mm-hmm. Like, why does it have to be so hard? How can we adjust and accommodate? Um, how our family handles this situation may be really different than kind of the typical normal family, but it's what's working for us. And um, just my personal faith journey has... Been just really amazing mm-hmm. navigating this, um, just kind of the ebbs of, and flows of how I've moved throughout, and um, even just quieted myself in in that part. Yeah. Um, with all of those things, I have been very conscious of slowing down, being quiet, (laughs) Um, just listening, and only moving when I feel like it's the right place, the right time, the right voice. And like that's where the passion, I think, sits right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've felt like maybe there were parts of this that I should be sharing at some point but I've never pushed it, and I didn't want to push it, and I just felt like doors would maybe open.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, five years ago, I did not know.
0: Yeah. I would be, ta- <laughs> I mean, I just,
1: I did not know that this would be something I would talk about. Yeah. Um, I don't think any parent, I don't think any parent goes into parenthood being an expert on any type of disability. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that is put on your plate, yeah. And. You learn everything you can. You advocate when you can, and and then when the timing is right and it makes sense, you speak up mm. and you voice and you share. And I feel like that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. Maybe that's where the purpose is right
0: now. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that will ebb and flow. Yeah. As life goes on, and a month from now, things may shift, and you feel a nudge in a different direction, mm-hmm. and affirmed in this direction. Um, I love your faith component. Yeah, um, I think that that keeps a lot of people afloat in seasons that they didn't think they'd be able to stay afloat. Um, how does a lot of us, you know, anticipate the future? Mm-hmm. We love um, planning, we love thinking, we love dreaming. How has that been for you in terms of looking at the future, especially in regards to your son? Does that bring anxiety, or does that bring joy and hope? Or how does um, your anticipation of how things, how the cards will fall, how does that yeah. make you feel that in this season? Um, well, can I back up and yeah, tell you a
1: little bit of kind of the faith journey? Because I, I feel like that's the only reason I can even yeah. be in this place. Um, when I was just 10, 12 weeks pregnant, I left a really successful career. Mm-hmm. And I had been pulled to leave that career for a while. Um, it did not make sense that I left that career. I had just finished my biggest year ever.
0: Wow.
1: Um, it, it just did not make sense. But I, I I felt very pulled to do that. And when I left, I was at peace about it. Um, and so I left that career, I was pregnant, I obviously had my son. And there's so much um, retrospective whenever yeah. you look through a journey like this. And I think back, I would I would have had to step away from that career, whether I totally left it or I, maybe just pulled back and didn't work as much. And I think I would have struggled with that, um, knowing that I had to step away from that to support my son. Mm. And so just knowing that I had that internal pull and I made those choices for myself before we even had to tackle what we are tackling right now um, is huge. I had no idea how that would play out. And it's just played out in a really Mm. amazing way. Um, so when I do think of the future, I, I do not hold much anxiety. Um, I maybe hold some worry, right? Just because I have a lot of questions of, will he be able to do this? Or how is he gonna handle this? Um, but I, I'm just in this, I'm in this spot where things are gonna unfold if I just allow them to yes. unfold. Uh, because I, I've watched it happen over and over. And um, five years ago, when I did step back from that career, the, the other part of that is I felt for the first time in my life that I was supposed to pull in from um, speaking about my faith journey. Mm. Prior to that, I had led youth groups. I had taken them on mission trips. I had always had a women's group going in my home. I had always been the leader Mm. in those things, um, maybe helping fill other people's cups. And when I left that career, that was the other part is I felt very strongly that for the first time in, I mean, my life, like I remember doing those things when I was 13, um, that I, I, that wasn't my responsibility for this season Mm. of life. I was supposed to really just be quiet and take care of myself Mm. um, and spend that time alone And um, I'm so grateful that I listened and I never anticipated it being this long, Um, but it's interesting. It was just three or four months ago that I finally started feeling something inside of something shifting. Something is changing. Like it's time Mm. for you to start telling your story again Um, because I don't think... I don't think my story would have been strong enough two years ago, Mm. because I was still navigating so much, Um, and not that my story is even strong enough right now. You know, I mean, this—the journey—it changes every single day. Um, But the first time in five years, I feel like there is something that I could say that could help one person. Yeah, right. And I'm sure you feel that way in your job all the time, like (laughs) if just one
0: person. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, here I am. And that one person is worth telling the story. Yeah, absolutely. I've got I think I say this more than any other thing I probably say, but there's this quote that I just love mm-hmm. and it's by Morgan Harper Nichols. And it's Tell the Story of the Mountain You Climbed, it could become a page in someone else's survival yes. guide. And yeah. like if we can offer a sentence into someone else's survival guide because I think a lot of the people that struggle the most are the silenced ones that are kind of just taking it upon themselves to sit in their own homes by themselves and face everything that they're facing. Mm -hmm. But it's like, hey, maybe I was there a year ago and this is a sentence that I've collected from that journey and here it is and how I got through it. So if we can add one sentence, one word, one letter to someone's survival guide, that might be more than what they have. Absolutely. um, Which is so good. So do you think that there's a level of almost like, a pressure, a quieting um, feeling, whether it be in parenthood or learning that your child is a child that requires extra care. Do you think that there's just like this hush that comes over parents that causes them to kind of sit in silence? Do you think that's an ongoing thing that people are just learning? Or what causes mm-hmm. people to just be quiet, especially in a season where they just are maybe struggling mm-hmm. or they just in a lot of unknowns? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's something that you've experienced or is a common thing that parents um, experience? I I have definitely experienced that.
1: I think there have been a lot of times where I've just been able to step back and um, there's no expectations on the moment. Mm-hmm. There's, no, um, there's nothing that has to be done other than I just... Can be quiet and receive and yeah. see what unfolds. Um, I think that's I think that's tricky to say. Does it just happen? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm I'm not even sure I would know how to tell you how to get there. Yeah. Um, I've I had I had um, shared a, a piece on social media. I had called it IEP goggles about how when you are navigating the school system with a child with a disability, you, you go into these IEP meetings all, of, all the time and um, you, have to, you have to have a list of accommodations within this written report so that y- your child can have the accommodations during school. You know, it has to be in the report before the school. And um, I feel like for two years I had to look at my son with IEP goggles on I had to continuously make this list of where he was essentially failing, Mm -hmm. right? Like not meeting the standard here, needs assistance here, so that I could properly go into the meeting and make sure that he was supported in a system. And um, that's a tricky, that's a really tricky place to be, to only view your child through that lens and, to take those off and just see your child as like the beautiful person that they are. Those are the moments where I think you get that moment of hush, mm. and that's a really hard place to get to. Mm. Um, if I was, if that's what I was, go- if I was going to say anything to parents, it would be that's a really hard place to get to. And if you're not there yet, like it's a really hard place to get to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because there, there is so much input and there's so many voices of you know, these markers that we have to hit or um, constantly measuring our child up against yeah. the norm when um, that place of quiet is just such, it's such a wonderful spot to be in, yeah. um, but it is hard to get there, it's hard to get there.
0: How has it been, um, I guess, kind of mentioning seeing your child against the norm, Mm -hmm. even as a parent. I think there might be a lot of misconceptions and almost pressures that come with just being a parent, but there's a lot of, I'm sure, adaptations of what it looks like to care for a child that might be different from the norm. Mm -hmm. How have those expectations, those pressures, have you experienced those, Um, and do you think there are some misconceptions of parents that have children with extra care?
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think um, you know, what we navigate um, disabilities just in general it's so tricky because you know there are the disabilities you can see and then there are the disabilities you can't see and so that element alone um, I think is is hard because um, someone may see a situation we're dealing with and they don't know the disability behind it mm-hmm. and so there is um, judgment there I I've come to a place where um, and again, this, is a, hard, this yeah. is a really hard place to get to. I've come to a place where I'm very much at peace with others, only knowing what they know. Mm-hmm. And that's not their fault. I mean, I hope that other people take the time to educate themselves and learn. Um, but everyone out there has something they're trying to learn. I mean, everyone has that thing that they're trying to learn more about so that they can advocate about. And so I can't be mad at somebody if they haven't checked off the box of learning about this disability. I, it's just hard. Yeah. Um, and so I do, I when we are in a situation where um, I know people maybe don't get it, I do try and step back and give them grace. Um, wow, that, that's a hard thing to yeah, do. It, it is hard. <laughs> and I, and my hope is that either they will learn more about it, or um, I mean, or whatever they're navigating, they're able to tackle. Because um, I have to, I have to believe we are all trying to do our best. Mm. <laughs> and even three years ago, there are so many things about it that I didn't know. And who knows if I handled the situation correctly? Um, learning as you go. Learning as I go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I one yeah. step at a time.
0: So good. (laughs) Do you think there are things that you would encourage um, in holding people that um, are living the norm? Mm -hmm. um, And when they encounter situations, whether it be with a child that's even older, um, but struggling with a disability that they may not know, do you think there's encouragement that you would share to people um, to kind of disarm them from being so quick to judge? Mm -hmm. um, Or -hmm. how we can just do better in terms of um, loving all people well, that's a that's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true.
1: Um, okay, how would we encourage them? Yeah, to just to love people that maybe just look different, act different, seem different. Oh goodness. Um, you know, I if I could tell you to do one thing, it would just be to step back and smile. Hmm. I I mean, like if you were only capable of doing one thing, yeah, you just step back and smile.
0: And we all can do that. Yeah.
1: Um, because there are times where even offering help maybe wouldn't help, um, or asking a question about what's happening in the situation maybe it isn't a moment when I can answer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, if we are in the middle of a situation, you know that's that is not a moment when I can educate yeah. necessarily. You know, I'm diffusing a situation. Um, but just stepping back and and giving a smile and. I have had so many people in my life that um, that have taken the time to reach out and say, "I I want to learn how to do better," mm-hmm. and um, taking the time to read whenever I do share something, or taking the time to learn how to accommodate in certain situations. Um, but just like I I said earlier, that you know everyone is only doing. Yeah. Really, the best that they can at any given moment. Um, I feel like me providing support or encouragement for others, it it goes that way as well. Um, there have been seasons, even within this journey that I feel like I've been more outspoken and felt like this is a this is a time where I can write and educate and share. And then there have been seasons where, that is not something I could give. Mm. Um, I I had to be a hundred percent just focused on our home, on our son, um, and just the acknowledgement even from others that in that moment I was giving what I could give, and that
0: that did not involve educating other people. Yeah. So. And how that will change and shift with life and seasons, mm-hmm. whether it be by the days or the weeks, months. But you are all about creating space for grace, which makes <laughs> your name so <laughs> fitting. Um, it's really incredible. in every perspective that you've shared so far It's just all about creating that space for grace, whether you're the person that's witnessing it from the outside um, or the, you're the person in it, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of a concept that can be taken no matter your situation, no matter what we're talking about. Um, which is a really mm-hmm. good point to just keep in mind, mm-hmm. um, what do you hope your son, mm-hmm. um, knows about himself, um, being a, in a world that's just kind of a hard world as yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, what do you hope your son just knows?
1: Um, I want him to know he has a really cool brain. <laughs> I love <laughs> and, that. And we talk about that all the time. Um, but I, I want him to know how to advocate for himself. And I want him to know that there is a way for him. It may look different, uh, but he can lean into those giftings because he has so many giftings. He can lean into those giftings and find a way, make a way for himself. And there is happiness, there is contentment, there is joy in um, him just being the person that he is, the best version of himself, Yeah. right? and you know, I don't. Um, that journey's going to look different every mm-hmm. step of the way as he gets older. And I'm, and um, what he chooses to tackle or accomplish or do, we just—I mean, we have no idea mm-hmm. at this point what that's going to look like. Um, but I just—I want him to know that he—he he does not. Um, He does not have to be stacked up against any checklist. Hmm. He can be who he is and
0: um, live that life. I love that. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, what encouragement would you give to a parent in your situation, or even to yourself oh my goodness. Uh, four and a half years ago when you were just in the thick of it, mm-hmm. or when you just um, got some sort of diagnosis, what would you say to a parent who maybe has a child with extra care mm-hmm. and hasn't gotten to the point where they're just learning how to create space for grace and learning how to find grace for themselves? What encouragement would you share to them? Um, find
1: other people who understand. And find people who don't always try to give you the answer or an idea uh, because so often that answer or idea is going to be different for every child that has extra needs. But just that other person who's going to say, yeah, that's, you've had a hard day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just somebody who will acknowledge that you've had a hard day. And I would say adjust your Adjust your expectations for self-care. I have a I have a love-hate relationship with the term self-care because I think so much that is put out there is just not quite achievable for those of us navigating this. And so, self-care may be that you get to take five minutes and walk around the block, mm-hmm. or um, self-care may mean that you get to put headphones in while. Your child is sitting next to you watching, you know, a show, and you get to listen to your favorite favorite album. Um, give yourself permission to change the narrative of what that looks like, and find micro moments of that. Um, because taking taking off for a day, you know, to go yeah. to a, a girls' day, or even go have a hair appointment. I mean, I can't tell you how hard hair appointments are. You know, it's just a chunk of time that's hard to get away. Um, Instead of finding those larger chunks of time, lean into those micro moments and um, allow yourself to rest. Um, Take stuff off your plate. I think that's the other, and that was really hard for me as an overachiever. Take stuff off your plate. Um, If it doesn't have to be done, it doesn't have to be done. You're already, the mental load, the physical load, just everything that comes with navigating this is a lot. Um, take something off your plate. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: So good, that's such a good encouragement. Um, and I'm taking note specifically to the person who may not be in your situation, but is the one listening and hearing what you're saying mm-hmm. and just acknowledging and validating and hearing what you're saying mm-hmm. rather than trying to understand it. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time, sometimes um, a presence is more powerful than any words could offer. Because mm-hmm. if we haven't been there, we haven't been there. Yeah. Um, so just hearing it, I think it is good enough and people don't necessarily have to be qualified in, in any certain way to be able to be in a space and be a supportive person, a supportive friend. They can just be someone who can hear you. Yeah which I think is just what the world needs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People that don't necessarily understand you, but just hear you yes. and um, validate where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. You are just loaded with wisdom. Uh, I feel like That's... we could chat all day um, about how you've navigated all this terrain of just um, an unexpected version of, of mm-hmm. motherhood, mm-hmm. Um, but you've done it with such grace. Thank you. Um, and I'm so excited that we got to pick your brain and maybe share a little bit bit of hope and encouragement for other people as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much.